Guys, it's your coastal mompreneur, Jerrica Aiken, back with another episode. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of your coastal mompreneur. I'm so excited to be here with one of my friends, Miss Lisa. Listen, she's going to be giving us some good nuggets today. Not for sure if you're knowing or understand the homestead process or living on the farm, but we are going to learn some things today. Miss Lisa, are you there? I am. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for just joining us today and just, you know, carving out some time just to help us get to know you and just providing some nuggets that can help us mompreneurs out here. I am excited to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Listen, no problem at all, y'all. We're going to jump right into it today. Today, we are chatting it up with Miss Lisa, our homestead and hungry mom. Hey, Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. So I am, we are a military family. My husband was active duty military for about 23 years and he is now retired. And we were living in Somerville, South Carolina with our two boys. And that's when I met you, Jerrica, when we were in Somerville. And we, my husband accepted a position more in the Midlands of South Carolina in Aiken County, as the NJROTC instructor at our local high school. And so he was looking for a house up here and I got a phone call one day cause it was really hard to find a house. And he said, Hey, I just bought a farm. So <laughs> what did you say? I was like, wow. I was like, okay, that is something I was like, we, you know, we had talked about, it would be cool to have, you know, because we were living in Cane Bay and, you know, we had an HOA and we were, we thought it would be cool to have a little bit of our own land. So we were looking for like maybe an acre or two just to have a little bit of land. We did want to have some chickens. So it wasn't a completely off the wall idea to me, but when he said farm, and then he told me that he bought just under 14 acres and I was like, wow. And he's like, I really hope you like the house. And I was like, I really hope I like it too, Charlie, <laughs> considering you already <laughs> bought it. No, so, I literally love that. But he knows me and I did love it. When we moved, when we came to see it for the first time, even going down the road, he was like, I really hope you like this. <laughs> and I saw it and I immediately loved all the trees. And then when I stepped onto the porch off the living room and kitchen, which is on a second level of the home and just it overlooked our whole homestead. I just felt like I was home and I saw the possibilities. Listen, I love how you like took us through that process, but I can literally imagine looking over and looking at all the land you have. So for anyone on here that doesn't know what homestead is or what you do as far as homestead and hungry, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. A homestead is just, you know, the homesteading community are people who are just trying to do as much of they as they can from the home. So it's usually, you know, some people might just be cooking things from scratch, having chickens, having other animals, trying to do as much to you, you know, make their own soap, make their own. I'm trying to think of 
I just got tongue tied for a second, (laughs) but just not quite self-sufficient because you do depend on community, but just going more to the old fashioned way of doing things like slowing down a little bit and really trying to do as much from the home as possible. Lots of gardening. And as far as homesteading and hungry, I was a food blogger before I had a blog called the crunchy sailor's wife. And I, when we started homesteading, I changed it over to homesteading and hungry because I really wanted to start chronicling our journey from the suburbs to the homestead and talk about how we were doing more from scratch baking and cooking and raising animals on our homestead. And I'm also really all about helping people realize that cooking from scratch and cooking healthy meals, you can cook beautiful, healthy meals. And it's not as daunting as people may think it is. It's really a lot easier than people may think. So how does your sons, like how did they, how do you go from, okay, this is what we're doing to like inviting your children or taking them on the journey of change? They were really excited about it. They really liked the idea of just having more space, more land. They were excited about the prospect of getting some four-wheelers. And they, we were homeschooling when we were in Somerville. So they were really also excited about you know, taking that next step. And it's different because a lot of homesteaders are also homeschoolers. So we did the opposite. We started homesteading and then they went back to public school. But because their dad was working at the school, they were also really excited about being in school with their dad. And they they really, really enjoyed it. I really like that. So were there any like situations in your life that kind of forced you to eat healthy or to be healthy, like conditions, allergies or anything that started this process for you? Yeah, I just started noticing You know, like when my son was around five years old, I just started noticing that he would eat certain things and then he would just be acting crazier. (laughs) Like he would just be really rambunctious after eating certain things. And so I started looking into just cutting down the sugar and then I started eliminating food dyes. And a lot of people will say that, you know, red dye is a big cause of hyperactivity in kids, but really it's a lot more than just red dye. It's a lot of just synthetic elements, period, like red dye, blue dye, yellow dyes. So I noticed a huge difference once we started taking that out of our foods. We started replacing the things that had those dyes in them. And we started eating lower sugar and dye-free. And that made a huge difference in how we were all feeling. I love that. So this is more like a family thing. Y'all do it together. And with y'all doing it together, it makes it a little bit easier. I could assume when it comes to cooking and making different dinner and like replacements, or like you said, gathering your ingredients, or I saw your son cooking with his friends. Like, how do you get it to where they're like teaching their friends as well? I would say like from, I mean, from the time my kids could stand on a little stool, they were in the kitchen cooking with me. So even before we were homesteading, they were in the kitchen cooking with me. And one of my sons was definitely more interested in it than the other ones as we were as they were growing up, like my son Landon always wanted to be in the kitchen. And my son CJ, who's 18 now, he's really started within, I'd say the last about six months being much more interested in it because his fitness goals 
are bringing him into the kitchen because he's very into the gym and he's realizing that to have a really healthy body, it starts in the kitchen because you can do all kinds of things in the gym. But if you don't have, if you're not eating a certain way, like those goals in the gym are going to be lost. And he's realized that. So now he's really into the kitchen, but I'd say just get those kids in the kitchen as soon as you possibly can make it fun for them. I wish that I would have started gardening when my kids were younger because I am so in love with the garden. Now I was just out there before we're doing this podcast. I was out there this morning and I was pruning tomatoes and pruning my eggplants and noticing I need to harvest some of my tomatillos. And it's just like, it's such a joy and they get excited because I'm growing jalapenos out there. And so they know that I'm going to be harvesting those and then making them jalapeno poppers, but they don't have that same love and adoration for the garden that I do. And so I would say, get your kids in the garden and get your kids in the kitchen. And if you don't have enough land to have a whole garden, just do a little herb garden in your windowsill or put a couple pots out on your balcony. Because if you get kids to really appreciate and know where their where good healthy food comes from the get-go, I think you're going to have a much easier time, you know, when it comes to your kids making healthful nutrition choices their entire lives. I love that. And actually, you know, I do want to do that. Don't get me wrong. Like, but I have this herb, I don't know, is the in, you know, the inside garden that has like the light and you put the water in it or whatever mm-hmm. have you. So I have one of those, but I was growing my herbs, but I didn't do it right because later on, a couple of days later, I had like, they were dead. They, I could see some like nasty stuff growing out of it. Like for someone that's like me that wants to start, like what are some like either tools or places? I know that I believe you have a YouTube channel and a blog. What are some places that we can go to learn more about it and so that we can start it? Like we want to do it, but it's, if you don't have a green thumb or don't know, is like you don't want to just go off of what you're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And I, our YouTube channel is called Homesteading in Hungary. And I am definitely a beginning gardener. I do not know all there is to know. You can see I've got some garden tours on there. You can see that I've learned a lot since my first garden tour. I'm still learning every day. And there's a lot of really great garden YouTube channels out there though, too. I'll throw out my friend Jess has one called Roots and Refuge. And she is amazing at teaching people how to garden. And she also has a book called The First Time Gardener that I really got inspired by reading before I really got into gardening. And there's another YouTube channel called Epic Gardening. And that's a really great one as well. And that's one that I watched as well to learn gardening. I'd also say just link arms with a friend that's into gardening. Everyone knows someone right now who can't stop talking about their garden and is putting pictures on Facebook or Instagram of their garden. So going into my next question, now you have some moms, some parents that are like, okay, it's going to be very expensive for me just to start this whole eating right journey. So if I'm literally deciding today that, hey, I want to make a better you know, habits for me and my children, my family, like what do we just go in there and hey, we're just going to change out everything or do we take our time and change out certain things? And what are some things that you recommend starting from? I would definitely say to take your time and change out a few things at a time. And so one thing that I did is just, I would, we would run out of something or I'd use something out up and then I would replace that with 
something with better ingredients in it. Or I would learn how to make that thing from scratch. So I definitely don't suggest everyone get rid of everything that you have because I don't think that's you know financially a good thing to do. But I do think that you can start slow and you can just start with what you can do as a family. I do think it's important to talk to your family about it and just explain why you're doing it. Because I know that you know, there's been times when my kids, if I was like, all right, we're not doing, we're not going to have this anymore. They'd be like, no, I like that, you know, but sometimes if you just switch it out, they don't even notice. I, now I, all I do when I make pasta is I make whole wheat pasta and no one even notices anymore. But at first when I was like, if I made like a big production of it, like we are switching to whole wheat pasta, my kids would have been like, no, I don't like that. If I, if you just do it, they might not even notice. So what things can we look for on the packages when we're shopping? I guess for like newbies and we're trying to eat right or, you know, get rid of different diets for our kids. What should we be looking for? What symbols are on products that we know that are good for us? So when it comes, first of all, I think that any time that you can get, you can shop at a farmer's market or get fresh produce out of your own garden. That's definitely the best. When you can't do that, what you want to try to buy things that are in season as much as possible. And also when you're looking for products, I always look for the non-GMO verified symbol, which is a butterfly, or I look for organic. And it's beyond just wanting organic food. Usually if something is the non-GMO verified symbol or organic, they also don't have the synthetic dyes or some of the other additives in the food. So it's going to be a better bet than just you know, buying a regular name, well-known name brand of something. And also on my YouTube channel, Homesteading and Hungry, I do a lot of healthy shopping pick videos. So I've done one for Costco, for Aldi, for Walmart, for Whole Foods, for Lidl or Lidl. And I'm about to do one for Sam's Club. I really think that places like Aldi and Costco really have great prices on organic Whereas some of those other stores that I mentioned, it's going to be a lot more expensive. So if you're looking for things without additives and stuff, I'd probably start with Aldi if there's one close to you. And then just look for the butterfly symbol or try to buy organic when you can. And you can also learn about you know, which foods are on the dirty dozen, which is the list that's most highly sprayed fruits and vegetables. And you can also learn about which foods are GMO free. That's pretty cool. So when we talk about like eating disorders, you know, some people don't consider those are, you know, big issues, but they're happening a lot more lately. You know, my friend was just diagnosed with having the GMO. Once you're, you know, diagnosed with something like that, when it comes to your food and you're so used to like eating these foods, like your whole life, and then you're having to change, like what is some advice that you can give to someone that finds out like they're allergic to something or that they have an eating disorder? so that they can have, you know, have some advice along the journey. So are you talking about eating disorders or allergies, food allergies? Oh, probably allergies. Yeah. Okay. Food allergies. I've myself have a pretty severe food allergy to sunflower and sunflower oil, which is in a lot of foods. And when you're first diagnosed with something like that, it is incredibly shocking. And then when you see how much your allergy 
is in. When you see how much of the foods at the grocery store that your allergy is in, it can be incredibly discouraging. So the first thing that I did when I was diagnosed with that allergy is I went and I found a Facebook support group of other people who have sunflower allergies. And you know, I got on there and I said, okay, I'm overwhelmed. And so we had a dialogue about, you know, we get on there and we share which foods are We've called the company and this is safe to eat for us. And so you can definitely do that. Some of the really common allergens are dairy or gluten. And so there's a lot more resources out there for something like that. You can very easily find gluten-free foods. You can very easily find dairy-free foods at the grocery stores because those allergens have to be labeled. But it's just, it's a very shocking thing. And you get pretty sad because at first, you know, you're like, oh my goodness, I can't eat some of my favorite things anymore. So what I did is I found those support groups and then I just learned to make the things that I can't buy at the store anymore from scratch. So I can't go and just buy a box of crackers anymore because almost all of them have sunflower oil. So I've learned to make crackers from sourdough. I make sourdough crackers or I make homemade nut crackers. Are those recipes on your blog? They are. Actually, they're not... Guys, welcome back. I'm sorry I wanted to take a quick little break. I know it's going real good, but I want to invite you if you're a mom and an entrepreneur, listen, we all can use your help. Send me an email to coastalmompreneur at gmail.com so that we can hear from you. We all have skills that can help another mom succeed in this everyday life. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. blog there on my YouTube channel. I did a video on both the nutcrackers and the whole wheat sourdough crackers. They're really easy to make. You should definitely yeah, give it a I'll try. Have to check that out. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. That sounds really good. So how do you make, some people think about dieting or eating right. The first thing they think about is that it's too healthy and it doesn't taste good or it's not seasoned well, or I'm a miss out on all that. Do you agree? Or are, there, are they more flavorable for you the way that you cook them or prepare them for your family? I am a foodie first. My dad was a chef. I grew up helping him cater. I We grew up owning a restaurant. And so I would not be eating anything that didn't taste good. <laughs> if you've seen any of my social media posts or any of my blog posts or YouTube, like all of the food that I make, it is beautiful to the eye and it's absolutely delicious to eat. And so I think that there is a lot of misconception out there that healthy food isn't going to taste good. I think on the contrary, it tastes even better. There's really nothing like, especially eating something that you have grown yourself. Or in our case, just last weekend, we processed chickens that we raised in our own backyard. And when I roast that chicken and then I made homemade stock from the broth, there I've never tasted anything better from the store. I know a homie, but like the thing about literally having your own backyard are the things that you like. When I think about that's what I think about. Literally having your own backyard of things that you can eat. You don't have to worry about the minimum and that whole processing thing. Like, tell let's go to the farm. Like, let's talk about um, what you have. What type of animals do you have on the farm? And like, chickens. What other animals do you? So when we first got our land, there was one chicken coop here. And, and I so didn't know what I was doing. I literally went to Facebook and I was like, where do you buy chickens to raise in your backyard? And so it's really interesting because once you get tapped into 
other people that are homesteading or have farms. This is a very generous community. So people were like, oh, you're just starting out. I'll give you chickens. So some people gave us a bunch of chickens and that's how we first started out. And I'll never forget the day that we got our very first egg. And I'll never forget the day that I was able to full, fill an entire carton with 12 eggs. And now we are completely, we do not buy eggs at the grocery store. We've got, we are self-sufficient on eggs. We don't need to buy them at the grocery store at all. And then we do raise chickens for meat as well. They're separate from our egg layers. So we've got like a chicken village because we have three chicken coops and I've got all kinds of different chickens and they lay blue eggs and green eggs. And it's a very beautiful egg basket. It's like an Easter egg hunt every time you go out there. And then we raise the meat chickens. We raise our own turkeys. We had our very first turkey for Thanksgiving last, this just this past Thanksgiving. And again, it was the best turkey I've ever had in my life. It was so good. And we have beef cows and we have not processed a cow yet. We have cows for milk, Jersey cows. They, we have not started milking yet, but we do buy raw milk from another friend's farm. And then we have, we have goats and we have pigs. We have processed one pig. So it was great to get all the meat from our own pig. And again, the pork chops, nothing I've ever tasted before. Just, it it tastes so different. And so if you have access, if you can't raise all your own animals, I do encourage you to try to find a local farm where you can try some of this meat that's just been raised on someone's farm. It tastes completely different. We grow as much as we can. We've got a lot, a very big blackberry thicket. I'm getting ready to go out there and harvest blackberries probably this weekend. And so I'll put a bunch in the freezer to make things like muffins and ice cream. So it's a lot of fun. We, I really love the farm to table living and eating well, like what you're saying like it does it, it is healthy but it sounds like once you get everybody involved it's like a fun family experience now has there ever been any times that there were bumps in the road can you tell us about how you guys were able to get through some of those transitions and if there were any why you guys were going through hey purchasing the farm and getting things together anything that comes to mind Oh my goodness. That, that is one thing with this lifestyle. It's an adventure because there's something different every single day, but you are working with nature. So there's always something like on my Instagram, I'm constantly making reels of going out into the chicken coop and finding like a huge snake in there that has eaten a bunch of our (laughs) because it's terrifying. It's just, it's something that I didn't know was going to be part of my life, but it is. We were backed up to the woods. And so we love these delicious eggs that the chickens are laying. And so do these snakes. They're non-venomous snakes, but that's definitely something that is not fun to deal with. I get startled. I got startled by a snake six times last year. We just found our first one for this year, just the past weekend. So that was, that's always something terrifying. Luckily, I have a teenager that will remove the snake. So that is probably, you know, one thing. There's always things with the garden. You're always battling different kinds of pests. This year, I've learned instead of planting just all my tomatoes in one place, I've done something called companion planting where I've planted marigolds, which are a flower in with the tomatoes because these 
pests that like my tomatoes are deterred by the marigolds. And so far it's working a lot better. So I've learned to mix it up in, in my gardening. You've always got to deal with the weather. We, the past two years we were here, we got a beautiful harvest off our peach tree. Just so many peaches. They were so delicious. I had plenty to freeze. We ate them in oatmeal. We made desserts with them. And then this year we had that late freeze and we're not going to even get one peach. You know, there's just always something different going on with the weather. And then you have to look at, you know, the animals. Animals can get sick. Animals can fight with other animals. So it's a constant learning process. The biggest thing is we've always just got to go out there and be observant as to what's going on. Like right now, I know later on when I go outside and go to do our afternoon chores, I've got to check on my turkey, Talia. We've got two turkeys, Talia and Tomas. And Talia is sitting on, yesterday it was 13 turkey eggs. So we're constantly checking to see if the eggs are hatching. And then we've also got two pregnant bunnies. So we're constantly checking to see if the bunnies have had their babies. Now, what do you use for the bunny? What are they used for? So the bunnies, we've got these really beautiful chinchilla bunnies. And what we use our bunnies for is for fertilizer for the garden. And they are amazing. Like their, their poop is a cold manure that doesn't have to be composted and can be thrown right in the garden. So it's a great compost. Other compost, you have to let it sit for a long time and let it break down. You don't have to do that with rabbit pellets. And and what we will do once the babies are born is a lot of people really like chinchilla rabbits. So we will probably be selling those babies as pets. So would you consider this whole homestead to table like a business for you and your family? Yeah, we we recently, Homesteading in Hungary is now an LC. And so we do have some plans to do some fun things on the farm. We do want to get into selling some of our plant starts next year and maybe selling some eggs at the farmer's market. And I'm also going to be, Jerrica, you remember when I was in Somerville and I would do a lot of those like wine and wellness classes? Yeah. I'm going to be start doing some of those like lifestyle classes where I'm going to be teaching people some farm to table cooking, like how to make sourdough from scratch and things to, you know, how to make quiche, just how to make some really easy farm to table things. And then just some, you know, fun lifestyle classes as well. We might do a chicken processing class at some point. Okay, listen, you've always been a great teacher and now having this business and I saw you was able, now you're able to do this full time. Like it's literally a lot of great things happening for your family. Like what keeps you motivated to keep going? You know, I have always believed that God really gave me the gift of gab and God has always put it on my heart to be somebody who inspires and encourages. And I really feel like I'm going to be really stepping into that. And I'm really excited about it. My husband and I have taught at a couple homesteading events. 
where we've taught backyard chicken classes or another one we taught people how to make your own DIY nesting box for chickens. And we really love just getting up in front of people and sharing and inspiring. So I think you're going to see a lot more of that from Homesteading and Hungry. And we're just so thrilled about it. So I love the fact that even with you and your husband being able to do those classes together, like how does one successfully work with their spouse? We're really having a good time with it. Even when we first started YouTube, like when I first was talking about YouTube, I was, I'm going to kind of take my blog and my cooking and my recipes over to YouTube. And I thought I was just going to be a solo operation with it. And then he was expressing some interest in doing it along with me. And so we were like, okay, let, you know, let's do this together and we can be homesteading and hungry. And we can, on our YouTube channel, we can share things about homesteading and how to get into this lifestyle. And I can do a lot of cooking and we can do some cooking videos together. So like our very first video is us teaching people how to take farm fresh eggs and to smoke them on the grill. It's a really cringy video because it was our very first video and you can tell we're really nervous. (laughs) But that was the first thing that we did together. And this is just something that has definitely brought us closer in our marriage. And it's, we both love it so much. It's like that, you know, we're very different people. You know, I'm very into like plants and he's very into hunting and I love cooking what he hunts, but I don't want to go hunting and sit in the tree stand with him. And I know some women do like to go sit in tree stands, but I'm not, I can't be quiet that long. Like you have to be quiet in there. I can't be quiet that long. And this is something that we really enjoy doing together is going out and taking care of the animals. And it's been really fun. It was when we first started YouTube, we were both so nervous that I feel like we were both stressed out in our first couple ones that we filmed. But now it's like, we just have a really good time doing it together. Love that. I love how it looks like you guys found the balance. I enjoyed, I watched the one with your husband when he went outside. I guess the chicken was sick. So y'all had that chicken was like in the, what's it called? Cage by itself. And I guess he was on the way to work. So it was a video talking about, you know, how you can get your chores done before going to work and how to do that. It's cool seeing you guys both do it. I feel like you guys are able to reach so many people that way. So how do you have time for self-care? What do you do for your self-care? Noticed. So a couple of things. Number one is, I think it's probably been about a year now. I start every single day with a devotion. So I grab my coffee. And then the first thing that I do on my phone is open up my Bible app and I do a devotion. And it's just like starting my day with God is so important. And I noticed that if I don't do that, it's like my whole day derails. So that's number one that I do. And something that I'll admit I haven't been doing recently, because when I was going back to work, I was finding it hard to get time to fit all the things in. But I'm going to start doing that again this weekend is on Sundays, I was completely off of social media and completely off of the news and just really honoring the Sabbath and taking that day to rest is such a gift. And at first, I remember the first couple days, it was hard for me to do the first couple Sundays because I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm so trained to check my phone or be on my phone because a lot of what I do is social media oriented, but I really want to get back to honoring that Sabbath because it seriously felt like a vacation. 
love that. I love those moments where you can literally, you know, literally let go, don't have to do anything, don't have to worry about anybody and just take that time in. And I love how you mentioned the devotions and your faith. Would you say that would be a big part in everything that has been successful with your family and what you guys believe in? Yeah, I definitely you know, without a doubt, I think that I give all the gratitude to God for everything. I, this is a bit off topic, but I still think it's a really good thing to, to bring up. I was diagnosed with a skin cancer about si- actually six years ago, by the grace of God, I am six years free of cancer, but Praise with melanoma, which is a nasty, very nasty skin cancer. And yeah. it's, And that's one of those things where I was afraid to go outside because I was afraid to get any more sun and really giving that to God, giving the whole process of from being diagnosed to getting through the surgery to get it out and then working through the anxiety that I had about that. One of the things that really helped me heal was getting back into the garden because it got me outside again. Because I was really afraid to be in the sun. Now, I still do cover up. I still do wear long sleeves and hats when I'm out in the garden if it's not nighttime. But it's very healing. And there are so many references in the Bible to gardening and taking care of the earth and taking care of animals. And so I truly believe that for me and for our family that that God wants us right where we are doing right what we're doing. And I think that's a touching story, even with your survivor story of cancer. I'm definitely so thankful that God allowed you to share that because I know there could be someone listening right now that's going through a similar situation. Uh, What advice do you have for them? I definitely would take that to God because I believe when, especially when you first get a diagnosis of cancer, it is so earth shattering. And I really don't think anyone can understand other than someone who's been through it, what it does, because it just, it, you just get a lot of anxiety. And I would not have been able to get through that without scripture, without knowing people were praying for me. And when God says in the Bible that he promises you peace, he means it. And when, whenever I get anxious about something And it's not always my first thought to give it to God, but as soon as I do, that peace, it says it's that peace that surpasses all understanding. And it really does surpass all understanding because you can't understand when your world gets shaken like that. But when you ask for that peace and you very sincerely ask for that peace, he grants it to you. I am so thankful that you said that. So hopefully you guys were encouraged and inspired by Lisa's testimony and her journey. The mompreneur is all about mompreneurs who can balance being business owners and moms our whole life. But that includes our faith and having that connection with God that he can get us with anything. Lisa, would you agree that what is the what is one word? If you could think of one word that describes who you are, what would that be and why? Oh my goodness. One word. I know I can you're passionate. I've always known you to look out for others. Sometimes I feel like more than yourself, but I definitely appreciate who you are and what you've allowed me to learn from you, even while you were here at Somerville. And now this bigger stage that you're on, you're going to be able to help so, so many people. 
in their journey. Not just with homesteading, farm, or being a mom or a wife, but just having that faith as a believer that you can balance all those things. Like what allows you to be able to balance all those hats? I'm not always great at balancing it all, to be honest with you. I definitely struggle with the time management thing. But again, like bringing it back to God, I have to ask God for help with that. But I think just like you said, passion, I think passion drives us to do what we don't want to do or we're not comfortable doing. And I, you know, it's, Whenever you're striving for a goal or you're wanting to get out there and share, it's you've always got to get a little uncomfortable with it and push through those fears. So I think that just that tenacity of going after what you want, even though you know you don't you're nervous about what you have to go through to get there. I feel like even with you saying to get there, that talks about goals and you know, sometimes writing those things out that you see or that you want to be that you don't see right now. What is one goal that you need to accomplish for year 2023? I want to go back to the word you asked me, and I hope that the word is encouraging. Yeah. And I that's what I hope that I am is an encourager and encouraging and inspirational. Because I do believe that you know, when I have conversations with people and they feel lifted up, I do believe that's my spiritual gift. So to accomplish, I just, I really just want to inspire more people to step into a healthier lifestyle. You will. You already have. And I feel like there's just more like you have a whole new stage now of more people to inspire. And I hope that encourages you just to be your best self. Just continue being authentically you. That's what you've been like. You've always been this person since I've met you. Never change. Always love people. Inspiring, empowering. I mean, I just feel that's the blessing to you, your family, what you've got to walk into. Never forget that. Never leave that. Always keep your faith. And you've always been uh, faithful in your walk. So I definitely appreciate who you are to my life and what you've added. Uh, So definitely, listen, I appreciate you today just for taking this moment out with us just to help us on this journey, help those that were more interested in homesteading. Tell us how we can get on your YouTube channel, your blog, tell us all that good contact stuff so that people can follow you. They can join on to those future classes that you're going to offer. Oh, sure. And thank you so much, Jerrica. You also, I have to say, you are always just such a beautiful, positive person as well. And I miss being able to see you more often. Like I used to be able to see you when we were in Somerville. So we probably need to, I would love for you to come out to the farm, bring your kiddos out so they can check things out. Yeah, I would love that. I'm be a little scared in the beginning, you know, but I would love it because I feel like it's so close to it's like you're close to the earth. You know, I know it sounds weird, but I feel like being on a garden and you're on a homestead or whatever, even by looking through their videos and photos, it's like you're so closer to the earth. And what you're being able to be with the animals and all that, I feel like the kids would really enjoy that. Yeah, definitely. And I was afraid of my cows at first too. So I would understand the fear. So no worries. We have good fences. You don't have to be by anything you don't want to be by. 
So as far as finding us, we are homesteading and hungry on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok. And then on my blog is also called Homesteading and Hungry. And I've also got a Facebook recipe sharing group. And that group is called Homestead Garden and From Scratch Recipes Sharing. And I just really encourage in there, there's a nightly what's for dinner thread because people are always like, ah, what am I going to make for dinner? So it's just a place to get encouragement and tips and inspiration for cooking healthy meals. And I encourage people to jump on there and share their own recipes too. I love it. I've already followed you. I love it, love it, love it. Listen, we would definitely get together soon. Definitely again, I know we will, but I definitely appreciate you just joining into the Coastal Mompreneurs today. Before we leave today, is just one piece of advice that you can give to any mompreneur that's listening to you today, whether it's about what they're eating, what they're striving to be, or just who they are individually that can help them on their next journey. I would say whatever it is that you are wishing or wanting, just start. Whatever it is, just start it. Instead of saying, oh, I think that I should do this, just start doing it and just start doing it. You know, if you're a little frightened to start doing it, frightened, just start. I love that. And I'm going to take that with us today. So if you're tuning in and you listen to the interview, just start. Ms. Lisa just gave us some great key pointers of just life in general, even our faith and how that can be tested at times. So just eating right. Today was just a great episode and I appreciate you just joining in. Make for sure that you don't leave this episode today without going to join them on their social media. Learn more about eating right. And even if you're interested in the homesteading journey, check it out. The Homesteading and Hungry with Lisa and Charlie. You guys have a great one. And thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of your Coastal Mompreneur podcast. I'm always excited after every guest because I feel more empowered and equipped to be your better me. My prayer is that you too feel empowered and equipped to balance the roles of being a mom and entrepreneur. Join us on our social media. We follow back. Make sure to follow our podcast and leave a five-star review. Your five stars helps us to be able to help more women find us so they too can be their best selves. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your love and support. Turn on your notifications so you're alerted next time that we pop up with another episode. Thank you. Thank you.